Welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio, and back and better than ever is Dr. Jonathan Pritchett. I'm mm-hmm. Braxton Hunter. So it's here's, not heresy. It's come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, uh, this is... I, I... I was... not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but... And there is no evidence at all, except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers, that there is such a thing as an objective morality. All right, well, that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then, because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. Anyway, today we're going to talk about time. Everyone's yeah. favorite subject to scratch their head about and hurt their eyebrows. Over. Well, we have, it is interesting. It's interesting for even Christians and non Christians. But uh, we've noticed, number one, we've noticed that every time time as a subject comes up on the Trinity Radio Primetime Discussion Group on Facebook, it gets a lot of interaction. People are really interested in this. There's always new people who want to know what, the, why we're using the terminology that we do. And so we thought we'd do an episode on that so that next time we can lazily just post it there. Right. And then uh, secondly... We That's wanna... the great thing about a back catalog now. It's like, you want to know what we think? Right. Watch this. I'm, right. I have nothing I to I do that say. some. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, and then another thing about it is uh, uh, Chris Fisher over at God is Open. Um I, f- I forget the name of his YouTube channel. It's something Reality else, but... is not optional. Okay, yeah. reality is not optional. Okay. And so he did an episode in which he covered my little informal debate with Matt Chisholm of the Bible Brodown. See, we're not like the other dumb podcast consortiums that you may find elsewhere on the internets. Instead, we actually argue with each other. Yeah. Uh, I've seen you privately argue with Leighton Flowers. You yeah. and I have argued on the program because... We People got the, like guts, for, we got the right. guts for stuff like that. Yeah. We well, don't care. No, it helps with the ratings. And then uh, I've, had, I've had arguments with um, Matt Chisholm. I think you're like an official member of the Bible Brodown now, though, because I don't think you disagree with them on anything. So no, I disagree with them on several things. It's just, you know. Okay. So anyway, uh, but Chris Fisher, we're glad to disagree with you. And so we <laughs> have decided to do an episode in which we respond a little bit to what he says. Now, uh, first, though, we need to explain a little bit about what we understand about the nature of time. Now, we'll get into the biblical uh, language a little bit when we talk about what Chris Fisher says specifically a little bit later. Uh, but for now, uh, let's go ahead and point out that the Bible does say that God is from everlasting to everlasting, right? Uh, we affirm that. Uh, the Bible speaks as though things are happening in time. Yes, I think this podcast is happening in time. Um, it talks about uh, events in the past and events in the future. And God is able to prophesy about events that will come. And he's able to tell you what he's going to do in the future and things like that and what he's done in the past. So time is all over the Bible. Uh, the question is, if God created the physical universe, um, and if God has, has no beginning, God has no beginning and no end, if this is the case, 
did the physical universe begin to exist? Um, there are a lot of atheists and skeptics today and some Hindus and people like that who say, no, 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 the universe has just always existed yeah. infinitely into the past. It's a pagan view common, been around since... Yes, forever. a pagan view. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, it's bold. That's what we have Pritchett on the show for, to be bold where I am not bold. And um, a Mormon view. Yeah, I'm trying to even us Pagan. Up. OCD Pagan. people hate it when everything's shifted off a little bit, so I'm <laughs> trying. Uh, yeah, so, but it's also an unscientific view, I think. Uh, we, yeah. we see that the universe is in a state of expansion. If it's in a state of expansion, it makes sense that it goes back to an original point. I'm not a scientist, um, yeah. but you want to say something about science? Nothing feels like science. Nothing feels like science. Um, on, on top of that, uh, there are good philosophical reasons to believe that the universe cannot be past infinite. Um, those same philosophical reasons to believe the universe cannot be past infinite are also really good reasons to believe that time itself, even if time somehow exists independent of the physical universe, time itself cannot be past infinite. Uh, there had to be an original initial moment of time. And do you want to explain why that is, or would you like me to explain it? Go ahead. Okay. So if you had a past infinite universe, the analogy that I bring up that uh, I think is J.P. Moreland's analogy, but it also uh, comes up in the discussion if you watch Chris Fisher's video on me and Matt's discussion, and it also comes up in me and Matt's discussion, which is available on this channel. Uh, also, uh, do your due diligence. If you watch Chris Fisher's coverage of our little debate, which you totally should do, uh, make sure that you also listen to the debate, because frankly, there are some things that are said in that debate that I think clarify some of the things that I'm not sure Chris Fisher covered in his, uh, in his uh, coverage of it. So the past cannot be infinite for the following reasons. If the past is truly infinite, by which we mean, not that it was a really, really, really long time ago, but that there was no beginning at all, uh, that is impossible for the following reasons. Because it means that when you're trying to move through time or when time is moving forward, it would have to, cr- it would have to move over or cross an actual infinite number of moments of time or events in time to arrive at this day, this current day. And no matter where you start in the infinite past, you, it doesn't yes. matter. Because yes. you still have to go forever. You still have a fair infinite, point you yeah. make that is often not right. made. Right. If it's truly infinite, yeah. you could start anywhere on that infinite timeline and you still have An infinite, infinite to go. Right. And so the, the problem is, is you can never arrive to the present moment. And so how can you get to a present moment after transversing an entire infinite number of moments? You can't do it. And so in order for there to be a now, there had to have been a beginning to right. which you can count up to now at right. the number of events. Right. And so a good way of thinking about this, because this is kind of difficult, I always say it like this. See, people say I can't explain things. I thought like you explained that than, fantastically. Right. Yeah, I mean, people say you just... That's what I always What do got. people say about you? Blah, 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 blah. No, over my, they no, do the fill in the blah, thing. blah, blah. What are right. they saying? That you don't explain things well? Right. I, but I don't explain things to where people On the bottom shelf level? Right. Yeah. Of course I do. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, I thought that was great. Right, every now and then. So, well, you've been around me long enough, and I'm good at that, so it picks up. Um, So the thing about it is, think of it this way. If we talked about the grains of sand on all the beaches of the world, in one sense, you could. someone might colloquially say, well, there's an infinite number of grains of sand on the beaches, but is that true? No, that is not true. You can count them. There's a number. (laughs) Yeah, there's a number. You will reach the end if you want to bother. 
Yeah, it's. I don't want to bother. It, but. It's ridiculously large, right. but it's not literally infinite. Same thing with number of stars in the universe, or even let's just go deeper: number of atoms in the physical universe. Uh, there is actually a number. Uh, it's just that it's big. It's really big, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but infinite would mean there is no number. It just goes forever. Right. So think of it this way. Here's the problem with trying to think you could cross an actual infinite number of events. So imagine, this is the one that everybody uses, imagine that you had an infinite library, a library where there are red and black books, only red or black books, and there's an infinite number of them. Okay, if you added three books to that infinite library, how many would you now have? An infinite. An infinite number. You not have infinite plus three, you would still have an infinite number. If you took away... So you have red and black books. What if you took away all the red books to do some weekend reading? All the infinite number of red books. Now how many black books do you have? An infinite number. Mm -hmm. But hold on. I just took away half of infinite. Shouldn't I now have half of whatever that infinite number is? No, No, because in a certain sense, this is the interchange of mathematics and philosophy. Infinite is is a... a, The the idea of an actual infinite number of things results in contradictions. Yes. Like if you took away half of infinite, you still have infinite. Or added 20 to infinite, you still have infinite. Or even doubled infinite, you still have infinite. So if you crossed half of the infinite timeline to arrive at today, you would still have just as far to go as when you started, if there were an actual infinite number of points in time or events in time. Right. right? Boggles the mind. It does boggle the mind, but there's a second problem, a much deeper problem to this. If you have a past infinite timeline, not only could you never arrive at today because there's an infinite number of points or events that you would have to cross and you can't cross those, but worse still, and thoroughly damning for this view, is you're not you don't even have anywhere to start, right? right? There's no be- because there's no beginning. It's not like here I am and over there is infinite and I've got to get there. No, you don't even have anywhere to start. And yeah. so the analogy for this that is often used is it's like you're in a hole without a bottom to it, and the hole is infinite. You don't even have anywhere to jump from to get to the now, top of the hole. Now we want to clarify at this point though, potential infinites, conceptual, you know, for use of mathematics, no problem. That's fine, mm-hmm. right? It's what you mean by actual infinite, as if it was actually in existence somewhere. That is what people have the. That's where the problem comes in, not potential infinite. Right, so. and so the potential infinite would be like I believe, as a Christian theist, that we will be in heaven everlastingly. Right, right? now potentially infinite amount of time? Yes, but it will never actualize as an infinite. Because it had a beginning. It will it had a beginning and it will always you could always put a date on it. Day 1, day 2, day 5 billion, whatever. Yeah. There's always going to be a number. Uh, or with a line. Uh, mathematicians think that you could potentially divide a line an infinite number of times. Frankly, I I'm not so convinced of that, but let's just grant it. Still, that would be a potential infinite, but it wouldn't be an actual infinite. An actual infinite can't exist in reality for the contradictory reasons that we've discussed. Nick Quinn, I'm, I'm drinking water, not soda. So I'm drinking uh, coffee, but it's uh, imaginary because there's nothing in this cup. So, um, so <laughs> you like some of like water. infinity. It's inf- it's yeah. imaginary. Uh, so so anyway, so when you hear somebody say, "Well, you could divide this line an infinite number of times," potential infinite, um, but an actual infinite, not possible. 
So mm-hmm. if you followed this, and this is a good thing about a video or audio, you can go back and listen a few more times or read up on this on your own. But, the, but the, what we arrive at here is Don't bother. God had to, or time had to have a beginning. And even if you want time to extend before the physical universe, and so God's got his own time, God had to... I know a guy. I do too. John Bloom at Biola, the professor of the... He teaches the scientific... He's also an archaeologist and a physicist. He's got two earned doctorates, and he believes that God has some sort of meta time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh. even that time yeah. had to have a beginning. God had to start that timeline at some point. Otherwise, mm. you've still got the infinite regress. I don't know how he would answer that. He just threw it out there. Well, in how the would you answer it? I have no if idea. If you're going to, hmm, me, you've got to have a response. Well, I'm just saying, I don't, uh, well, no, I don't have a, his response. I'm okay. saying he's the one who threw this out there in the middle of class and then just kept going. And it was like, huh? oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, nobody cared enough to go talk to him afterwards. Yeah, but years later, I remember it. And yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I wish I could ask him about what What do you mean God has a meditation? Because he was like, yeah, like, like God is the, you know, timelessness. I mean, how does he think? Yeah, that's that's weird. So God probably has Aha. some kind of middle. How does he think in a sequence of thoughts? Right. We'll get to that in a moment when we get yeah. to criticisms of so this. So he view. just dismissed the whole thing. And it, as a, just, I'm not trying to derail the whole thing, but he also said how old was the earth, mm-hmm. you know, and at Biola, it, the, the philosophy and apologetics are mostly old earth and the theology is mostly young earth, but... Um, he was like, I'm a Middle Earth guy. So <laughs> a Middle Earth guy. <laughs> yeah. So th- th- all kinds Tolkien of views out there. Yeah. yeah. So, but you're, you're with me on all this, right? We're on the same page. On what? The nature of time, as I've just, just explained it. Yes. Okay. Um, so, it has a beginning. Yeah. And even if God but, had his exists. own meta time, and we may, may not know how your biola professor would answer this, we'd love to have him on the program. What's his name? John Bloom. We'd love to have you on the program. Dr. Bloom. But the but, but if we had him on the program, we'd talk about archaeology instead, because that's... We're not letting him off the program without talking about this, if this is the impetus for him coming on the program. Uh, archaeology's cooler. I agree. But, so, all right. So the, so even if God has his own meta time, you still run into the problem of the infinite regress unless he began the time at some point today. Um so, Are you checking your phone during the show? I'm making sure the phone is off. Or the it wouldn't be Trinity off. Radio unless your phone goes off. <laughs> I also need to mute the computer here, so there's muted. Man, we've right. gone, how long have we, 15 minutes? We've without... just explained the nature of time in 15 yeah, minutes. And no dings. Right, right. Wow. This... Okay, so, and we actually have a show where we talked a little bit about this before now. Uh, See, Patreons, your, 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 your donations have improved the quality yeah, of the production. Right. I care more now, so I need things. <laughs> um, it could have easily gone the other way. All right, yeah. so among... so Speaking of which, if you want to be a Patreon, click somewhere. Yeah, click there. up uh, here somewhere, and yeah. I will name check the patrons in a subsequent show. And we got a new one. Uh, a couple new ones. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Uh, so, uh, all right. Uh, so among people that think about time, and not everyone does, uh, you have a couple of different As views. I get older, I think about it more. One view, broadly speaking, you have what you call uh, the A theory of time. Here's what the A theory of time says. The A theory of time says that time had a beginning, and it moves forward. It's an actual thing. There is a, from the beginning point to the present, there is a past that did happen. There will be a future... That will continue on, uh, and as Christian theists, we believe indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are cosmological models, I think, that collapses in on itself. And, and whatever, important but, to but this, those have been kind of 
debunk. Yeah, and important to the A theory, the the current this current moment is real. Right. The past was real. It's not real now. Right. And the future is not real, but it will become real. Right. So that's the A theory. The B theory is more like, um, and if there's a difference between that and like the eternal now view or whatever it is, the, 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 the B theory is... All time exists immediately at once, say from God's timeless perspective. So Right. It's real. The past is real yeah. and the future is the real. The whole timeline is present before God, in a sense. Mm-hmm. How that works, don't really know. But And on this view, because the past is real, 1969 is real. And real from God's perspective at the immediate point. Right. right. Uh, it's a little bit problematic for us to say is real, because what we don't mean is that right now it's it's somewhere here now. Right. But it's, but it's real in 1969. And it's real from God's perspective. Right. God right. For God, he, you know, here's 1969, here's 2018, these are things are... Uh, equally real. This would be what most um, evangelicals would hold to, I think, when I hear people talk really? about God being outside of time, and they, they, they would say that the eschaton, just like creation, is all immediate for God and all of that. Yeah, now, um, I don't want to muddy the water, but I think it, it is in the sense that he knows it all. Yeah, but that's but not, not that it's really... But that's, a, that's an omniscience thing. We're talking about right. the, uh, but I omnipresence. Yeah. That it's before him now, which I think that raises interesting problems uh, mm-hmm. that we can get to later. Um, well, we can. I, I, I'm fine with it. Well, what the heck? Uh, if this is too uh, complex or something, then well, sorry. We hold to prior, can't use the word before if we're going to be technical. Sans, but sans creation. Sans or logically, pro- blah, blah. look, before time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, well, I mean. Oh, by the way, people that want to criticize this view. Because it's difficult to talk about, get over it, right? right. <laughs> All right, so logically prior to the creation of the cosmos, there was just God. Mm-hmm. And God, just God, sans minus before, without, logically prior to the cosmos, was in eternal timelessness. Right. Okay? Then he decides to create. Mm-hmm. Create comes into existence, and at the point of creation... Time starts. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with William Lane Craig that that is a bell that cannot be unrung, yep. because even if the cosmos came out of existence, went out of existence, it still would have existed, and there, it would have been a past. Mm-hmm. So, time exists, and God knows what time it is right now right for everybody even regardless of time zones. Now, you are doing well explaining things at a, at a lay level, but yes. just to just to run over that again, uh, God, God exists timelessly, but from the point of creation yes. and the point of time coming into existence, he can't help but know. I mean, I don't know that he would want to help but know, but he can't right. help but know that what time it is for people in the physical that universe. time begins to tick. And because of that knowledge of it, yeah. we might as well say he's in time yes. because he can't help but know what time it is for right. us. Right. Now, that doesn't eliminate transcendence, though. Right, and that's the key point. But what it does mean is that since God not only knows, but since God is ever-present at all points, regardless of the time zone, he knows what time it is for Braxton and Mm -hmm. me. He knows what time it is for people in the mountain time zone. He It it tracks. So God tracks with time. Mm -hmm. Now, he is fully infinite qualitatively in all of his attributes at every point 
okay? So it doesn't, God doesn't change or diminish or increase by being in time. Mm-hmm. He is holy in all of his perfections and qualitatively infinite at every point. Right. Doesn't deviate. Um, we, that's kind of what we mean by the doctrine of immutability, which is different than the doctrine of impassibility, which is right. a separate issue, which I don't... I don't either. All right. God but, has but as far, reactions. But, but God doesn't, God doesn't like, because of certain issues that I've had here recently, I've decided to eat healthier and uh, walk and, and, and uh, lift weights. I'm glad to hear it. Right. So as time has progressed, I have gotten stronger and thinner. Mm-hmm. God does not get, and that I think is an improvement. God doesn't improve as right. time goes on, right. because at every point he is holy and uh, uh, infinite in all of his perfections and attributes at every mm-hmm. passing moment. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we mean by transcendence of time? Even though he's in time, he's also transcendent of time. I don't think that that means that he still exists timelessly somewhere else. But I do think it means that he is not bounded to time, mm-hmm. in the sense that if time went away, God does not, right? right. But, that, but it doesn't mean that there's, there's a sense of God's existence where there's also B-theory is true. I think all of that is cognitive knowledge of the past and the future. It is not mm-hmm. present, um, you know, for him. It's not, it's not existing as real at every point in time. Right. 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 I think you did beautifully with that. I don't even have yeah. anything to clarify there. Right. Okay. So, with all, so now what about the Bible? Okay. So we can af- we can affirm the biblical language on this. Um, in fact, I think we can affirm all of the biblical language that people want to give about a God from everlasting to everlasting, which are temporal terms. I get that. Right. But we can also affirm the stuff that I think is a little bit tougher for them, like Well, everlasting is because once you get Prior to T zero, which is time, there's no everlasting. That's the beginning, right? But God is still eternal, so that's everlasting that way. Even prior well, to, and He will exist ongoing in time, like right. even with time going, He still exists. So from forever. everlasting means that He was logically prior to time. Mm-hmm. So where the timelessness. So it doesn't even it doesn't even matter that those are two well, okay. terms. Those are those are still well, just okay. Let's take it as yeah. flat. Well, let's get there in a second. Okay, Chris Fisher. So I had a conversation about this with Matt Chisholm. Uh, that was casual and informal, and you can get it on the YouTube channel. It does not exist as an audio-only file. Uh, And Chris Fisher uh, over at God is Open did a little discussion of this. And I think now Chris Fisher is an open theist. That's not a secret, is it? Like, that's out there. God is open. God is open, (laughs) right? He's an open theist. And an open theist... He runs the open theist Facebook group. Uh, He's got... Yeah, he's published a book on it. So and now no we'll, secret. We'll find out whether open theists and, are as persnickety as Calvinists are when you try to describe what they think. But I'll try to be as fair as I can. And you say, don't understand open theists, right? An open theist <laughs> believes that either Wait because for it, either know? because it's impossible, because there are different kinds of open theists. So either because it's impossible or because he chooses not to, God does not know exhaustively all things, all events that are going to happen or whatever, right? Right. Is that fair? And they have different ways they describe it. Some people describe it... Yeah, Chris Fisher is a totally different kind of open theist than, like, Greg Boyd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all, but, I mean, it all shakes out the same. God does not have exhaustive foreknowledge of of the future with definite certainty. 
And I think that this does play into a couple of the objections that he brings. Um, I, I, I don't know. Let's just see. So he points out somewhere, now I can't cover everything line by line that he says, but most of what he says falls into one of these things that, we, that we're talking about. He points out that God is everlasting and everlasting. Now this is picking up right where we just left off. Um, even if you wanted to say, because I admit that everlasting to everlasting are temporal terms. Now, first of all, this, the biblical authors, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, are writing to people who do, I'm not saying they're not smart or their IQ wasn't maybe higher than mine. That's not the point. The point was, this is a pre-scientific time. This is a time where a lot of the thinking about the nature of time, well, obviously it hadn't developed to the point that it is now. That wasn't the point of the biblical authors to get into all this stuff. Right. The biblical authors are trying to convey that God has always existed and will always exist. And the Bible, the biblical language gives us that, right? That's fine. You know, we wouldn't expect the biblical authors to say the kind of things that we're saying right now, would we? No. And it's not, and that could be a real gotcha moment. Like, oh, see, we wouldn't expect the Bible to say what they're saying. No, you wouldn't expect the Bible to say what we're saying because we're not. And it's kind of like with angels. There's a lot of things I'd like to know about angels, but the Bible never tries to teach me about angels. Anything I learned about angels, I have to learn indirectly when angels show up in a story. Right. So the Bible never sets out to teach you everything you want to know about time. But you can pick up things. And what the Bible tells us is written to a people at a time when they didn't need to go into all this. They were just, the point was just to say God's always existed and he always will exist, right? You with me? This is kind of like the cosmos in general. You have some interesting John Walton type things that you say about the way the Bible describes the cosmos. It's, yeah. not, it's not trying to give you physics, right? right? It's trying to give you something for those people at that time that they needed to know to understand the story. Right. Which is often God made it all. Right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's number one. Secondly... And not those other gods. Even if we took that off the table and just took the language flatly, everlasting to everlasting, does it work? Yes, it works. Because everlasting is a temporal term. It's describing things that happen in time, namely that they last for a period of time. And is saying that God is f from everlasting, okay, if we... Even if we drew a line of demarcation at the beginning of time, at the beginning of the physical universe, does God exist all the way back to that? Why, sure, he does. Yes. We're just willing to say it's actually more than that. Right. Does he go the other way everlasting? He yes. certainly does. So can I affirm the biblical language as a person who believes the God's timelessness? Of course I can. Literally affirm it. Yes. In fact, more literally, more technically than I think uh, even anybody else does. Okay, so we affirm the biblical language on that. Yes. So he, he brings that up. It's just that we also believe he exists as timelessly, sans creation. All right, he brings up time travel. He says, so, he says, so the, well, I don't know if he says time travel. Yeah, I think he does. But the past does not exist still. That's a direct quote. He says, the past does not exist still. I agree with that. As if there's a pro, as if, you know, we right. do. Now, Chris is a really nice guy, and he knows this now because I've, I had a, conversation with him privately, and I'll give him something. On a couple of things, he kind of, he kind of, you know, caught me where I was missing something, but not in a way that affects any of this, okay? So um, the past doesn't still exist. Well, we would say that. The difference might be that we do believe the past did exist. Right. We believe the future yeah, will he exist. He holds to presentism. Yeah. It's just the present. Yeah. So 
But we would. But whatever you want to say about that, we're not saying the the past exists. Now, if you're on B theory, you would have to. Yeah, the past does exist on B right. theory. Yeah. And the future. And the future exists on B theory. Right. It all exists on B theory. Uh, so a lot of what he says after this in the discussion kind of plays on this. I don't know if it's a misunderstanding of my view. Maybe I wasn't as clear as I needed to be. But on my A theory of time, the past does not still exist, and the future does not yet exist. Okay, So all the things in the video that played on that, there you go. He also says something like, you don't get reverse causation on his view, as if to say you do get it on our view. There's no reverse causation on our view, except for the fact, and it has nothing to do with, with this topic exactly. Right. God had knowledge of what would happen. Right. It didn't happen already, but he had knowledge that it would happen. And so we believe that he would take that knowledge into account uh, in creation. And if you want to call that some kind of reverse causation or backwards causation, as it's typically called, uh, okay, I guess. God's knowledge of what we would freely do, um, God knew what we would freely do, and I believe some of his actions are based upon on that knowledge, or that knowledge plays into what he does. But that's not to say that something up here that's currently real backward caused this that's currently real to happen, right? So that, that falls apart. Right. He thinks he avoids the infinite regression of causal events by positing that all that exists is the present. Well, okay, again, we'd have to have him give in that video, for the, in the context of that video, an explanation of everything he thinks about his presentist view. So he thinks he avoids the infinite regression by, of causal events by positing that all that exists is the present. Well, we affirm that all that exists is the present, but since we believe that the past did exist, right. you've still got the problem of the infinite regression of events. And even if one were to say something like, because there are people that hold a view like this, and I, I don't want to speak for Chris, but if, if your version of presentism says that, in a sense, the past exists uh, or did exist, uh, but in another sense, it kind of didn't exist or something like that, so that time is really just a construct and this is all there is. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're saying did actually exist, there's an infinite amount of it if, there's, if, there, if time has no beginning, right? Um, and so you have to, so you have to uh, handle the infinite regression either way, I think. Okay, uh, how can a timeless being create he says. And he was playing off of Matt. Matt, I think, at that moment. I, I think Matt, I don't know where Matt is on this now. I think his views have uh, changed a little bit since we had this discussion. But something like, uh, Matt was saying in the video, something like, well, okay, if, if you don't have time sans creation, so you can't have a sequence of events. By the way, this is an important part of this discussion that we didn't talk about uh, earlier in this video, uh, is that if you don't have time, things aren't happening. Events are right. not happening. So, uh, God, so the, the, one of the problems that some people think there is with this, now it's not a problem, it's just that it doesn't set well with some people, is that God's not doing stuff sans creation. Right. Like he's not having conversations among he and the other members of the Trinity. He's not, uh, he's not out, you know, doing something else or whatever. And so this they see as a problem. Um, and so sans creation, if there was no time, how did God decide to create and then do it right. if there was no time? Do you want to try to tackle that I one? like William Lane Craig. He, he made it so simple. So God has eternally sat in a chair and decided to stand up. 
Right. And at the point of standing up... The decision happened simultaneous with the standing. Right. And right. that was T0, at which point you have a universe now. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The, the thing is... For all eternity, God was sitting and then decided to stand up. But see, here's where the open theism it's, starts to come in. Yeah. Okay? If God, if, if God is open in the sense that the open theist thinks then God may decide to do something that... Because what is a decision but an arrival at a moment, uh, 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 an arrival at a thought or an intention based upon your reasoning that got you there? Right. It kind of... Rel- to say that but God... But he had eternally reasoned to be yeah, there. Yeah, he eternally right. knew, instantly knew. Right. God's not having to think, I wonder what I'll do about this, or I wonder what I'll do about that. And then have an aha Right. That's not how it works. Right. Now, the, the biblical language that gives us what we would call anthropomorphisms or anthropopathisms, that's a whole different topic. The show isn't about the open theism. It's about time. Right. But in explaining where his open theism and comes I don't, in, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't have a problem with open theists. If open theism turned out to be true, it wouldn't bother right. me. Right. I don't... Uh, same thing with Calvinism, but I, I don't think either one, you know... But I, so I, I, I'm not. No, that, that might bother me. Oh, really? If Calvinism was true, that, that would bother me a little bit. Okay. Because I think it has implications for the nature of God. Well, sure, and all that. But yeah, I mean, still. It I mean, I'd still worship like, God right, and stuff. Right, that's right. what I'm saying. <laughs> so again, I don't, um, I don't have a, if you're an open theist, whatever. Uh, it's not a hobby horse. I know that a lot of people get amped up about that issue in evangel. I don't. Well, I, you know, I, yeah. That's fine. We'll leave it there. But this I'm just telling you where I think the open theism comes in. Is on the open theist view, God has to decide to do a particular thing, okay? Like create the universe from nothing. Whereas, and you might even hear us colloquially speak that way, but um, the, the creation of the universe from nothing was something that God knew instantly, so it didn't take a sequence of time for him to arrive at that decision. And when he stands up from the chair, mm-hmm. like you and Dr. Craig say, it what that, that too, that was simultaneous with the first moment of time. Mm-hmm. So you really did have no time, no time, no time, time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, again, this is where you have to do a thousand caveats for this sort of thing. Because we don't have language as human beings, maybe other languages and other nations do, but because the English language does not have category, you have past tense, present tense, future tense, mm-hmm. you have these tenses. When we talk about the timeless state, you'll, you'll hear us end up using some of these tenses. It doesn't mean the view is false. It means the limits of our language are there. Right. And even when I go like, no time, no time, no time, time, you oh, see there, there's the passing of time. No, this is the only way to... To, to put it into language that's understandable, which right. is frankly why I think the Bible does that sometimes. Yeah. You know, with God deciding to do this or I've come down to see or whatever. Okay. Uh, what, uh, okay. So now on the impossibility of the infinite regression of causal events that we were talking about, infinite books in the infinite library, crossing an infinite, not possible. Jumping out things. of a hole with no bottom. That's one right. of your favorite ones. And it'll come up because he says... Well, wait a minute. And this is the old Zeno's paradox type thing. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, we cross infinites all the time. Because I'm standing here, and he said it like this. This is not an exact quote, but he said all these things. I'm standing here. I'm trying to get over there. And even though there's an infinite number of points on the line between here and there, I cross them. We shouldn't be able to cross them logically, but we do all the time. You want to tear that apart? 
Well, I mean, there's not an infinite number of Well, yeah, you're talking about, number one, a potential infinite. Right. Right, not, not an actual infinite. We've covered that already. But worse, damning, I think, to that view is at least there, like you said, we start here and mm. we're going over there. Okay, we're not starting anywhere if time has no beginning. Right. Right. So I, I think that fails there. Um, uh, let's see what, what else he says. What, I said, what do you need time for God to be doing sans creation? A perfect omniscient being does not need to have a progression of thoughts. So that's what we were talking about a minute ago. Right. I was pressing Matt and maybe to a certain degree Billy because they were. it seemed like they saw the logic in my view. I mean, maybe they found some things difficult, but they like not found some things objectionable. But more or less, they kind of saw where I was coming from, but they're like, yeah, but then God's not doing anything before creation. So I'm like... Okay, what do you want God to be doing? What biblical daddy did you have that he was doing anything? You know, that's what I was trying to, to get at. And um, so what, what do you need time for God to be doing? So a couple of things about this. He says, Chris says, well, before creation, you had angels and you had the watery void and you had these sorts of things going on before creation. The Bible tells us that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to leave moments for you to add things. Yeah, keep if you going. Want. Okay. Well, the problem with that is that's You've not been before. Gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting it all back in, but that's not before creation. Right. That's part of creation. That's at creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. And if even if it's even if it's all contained in Genesis one verses two and following, regardless of whether you think that chap- verse one is a chapter heading or whatever else. We even, even didn't even have if, Genesis yeah, 1. Even if you wanted to even transla- translate it when God began creating the heavens and the earth. Yeah. Which is, does it matter? Of course, there's other Bible verses about creation, about God who brings things into existence that didn't previously exist, right. and so forth. So it, it's not... So The alternative really, is, yeah. do you think the angels were not created? Because yeah. he does say at some point in the video, they just eternally with the angels, he was doing this and that. Okay, so you don't think the angels were created? I'm not saying putting those words in your mouth. I'm asking, do you not think those angels were created? Do you not think the watery void was created? Has it, too, existed? So something apart from God yeah. exists necessarily and eternally or whatever. Yeah. Uh, is, that, is that the case? Um, if not, then even if we didn't have Genesis 1, if God's the creator of all things, he created those things, and you're not answering the question, we need to know what was happening Sans creation that you need to count, account for by going to all these acrobatics to make this point. Yeah. Now, he wouldn't say he's going through all these acrobatics, but I'm saying that he is. Right. So, um, and I don't even know at this point whether I'm talking about Matt or Chris or who, but um, <laughs> but I did. I did I, Somebody said somewhere. Know, yeah. Now, Chris did say, but even if I didn't know what God was doing sans creation, it doesn't mean he wasn't doing anything. And he, made, he brought up a good analogy. He said... I could say that my child was at school today without knowing what he was doing at school. It wouldn't mean my, my not knowing doesn't mean he wasn't at school and wasn't doing things or he doesn't exist. Okay, fair enough. But I'm trying to look for some reason you, you're trying to account for God doing things outside of creation when there's no evidence, no biblical data that tells me that he is. Right. It's just, you talk about me adding things to the scripture. Where does it say that sans creation, God's doing anything uh, outside... You say, well, that sounds terrible. He was experiencing a relationship of love with the members of the Trinity. Now, this didn't actually get brought up, but this is often a criticism of the timeless God, and that is that there has to be a passage of time and interactions taking place in it in order for relationship to be possible. No. Well, that may be true for Pritchett Prime and Braxton Hunter, 
But that doesn't necessarily have to be true for God if the members of the Trinity are omniscient yeah, and know everything. About right? one another. Yeah. Right? So I think that fails. Um, and those come to the, that's kind of comes to the end of the things that I thought were relevant to respond to um, in that video. Now, since Chris uh, will often make video responses to things like this, and it may well be that he does make a video response to this video. Well, he has time Hi, to respond to us. We don't have time to respond to everybody. <laughs> right, right. We, we won't probably respond again. We may respond right. like in chat or on the YouTube channel. I actually responded on his YouTube channel. Yeah, I, you know what? When I saw I, I saw the the pick, and he does great graphics. Oh, I too. love it! I thought yeah, it was hilarious. Three amigos, yeah, it was great. Good job, Chris. Uh, and and I looked down uh, to see the comments about it because I was wondering, if, you know, it's Trinity raised you and all that. And then you did what I don't like people to do, which you posted a dissertation, so I didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. I, I have a YouTube channel. We Nobody's going to read all that stuff you wrote. They did. <laughs> Trust me, they did. <laughs> but like all two people read it. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> uh, but but you, I have a YouTube channel, and so mm. we could have done what we're doing right now and not done that. Yeah. But I didn't know if I was going to do that. And you know whenever you read someone criticizing you, you want to respond real quick. Right. So I wanted to respond. But then also, rather than just doing, I could have done just like an instant phone to YouTube thing. Yeah. But I wanted people to go to his channel. And so I told people in the Prime thing, go to Chris's channel. So like channel. Leighton Flowers, you're going to go to hell for giving this guy the time of the day. Well, I just... I, According I, to the Leighton Hater Wingnut Thumpers, if you are friends with him and you don't... Well, I don't know if I'm friends with him. I would consider him a friend. I don't know that he would consider me a friend, and I'll tell you why. Because in the video, he says something about, good job, Matt. Matt, you're my bro. Of course you're my bro. You're the Bible bro down guy. And uh, so I guess I'm not his bro. I don't know. Oh, come So maybe on. he doesn't consider me a brother, Zacharyotis. So anyway. Um, <laughs> don't <laughs> so, call it. That, that, that hurt. That's uh, below just, the belt. I'm just kidding. It is below the belt. Uh, oh, I could make a joke about height with that one. But um, uh, it was Zacharyotis. Anyway, um, so, so the, the, thing, the thing that I want to c- come away with is I wanted to push people to his channel yeah. uh, so they would see it. I do appreciate. Don't you kind of – aren't you kind of flattered anytime somebody – Covers us. Yeah. I mean, I'm not flattered if somebody's just a jerk, but yeah. he was only a little bit a jerk. Like, he's he's a nice guy, and he and I enjoy it. Part of his stick is to be a yeah, jerk. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I, I, he's got I a little prime. He might be an android. And he's, a, he's, I think, isn't he a patron of our show? Yes. Okay, well, he's getting a benefit that almost nobody's ever gotten who's a patron, which is we devoted an entire show to him. Yeah. So he well, should well, be we've talked about, about him before. Yeah. It's still... The, I just think responding to us too much um, takes it won't be away good for your from, show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> takes away from the Zacariotis nods his head for two hours type videos and yeah. And I, I I actually like his show because one of the things that his show is really good about is exposing evangelicals to what they need to be exposed to, which is uh, higher forms of biblical criticism, which too often evangelicals, even in seminary, are too ignorant of. So we mm-hmm. try to expose people to that kind of thing here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, you've got to weed, weed, you know, chew the meat, spew out the bones and the fat, but, but it, you know, you got to engage with that stuff. And I like that he does uh, do that on his show. And so uh, it's an it's a, it's a interesting show. People should watch it. And it's funny graphics, funny uh, the... the, the uh, the one he did on a debate response that J.D. Hall and uh, Tim Hurd did, 
at the beginning of that video, it has them dancing to the, it's hilarious. I, I want people to go watch that stuff. Okay. But the Three Amigos thing was actually my favorite. I think it was my favorite, too. I felt almost... If it wasn't pixelated, I'd blow it up and put right. it on the wall. Right, and it, I felt so left out. I was like, darn you, Matt. I should have argued with him about time. Because <laughs> yes. Matt's in the pick and not me. Well, you have now. We'll see if he you, makes But you enough. finally... You're, you're chiding him to do it for you, aren't you? Is that what's going uh, yeah, on it's, here? It's... Well, I mean, I just... It, it won't be the same. He's well, have to... he disagrees with me on time. And this yeah. is one thing. Time is one thing where you and I agree yeah. almost completely, if not completely. So... But I like it that this is the second time he's responded to either you or both of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. He really, yeah. And he gives us money every month. Yeah. So. And we had a conversation about other things and just life and stuff. And yeah. I feel like because of the passing of time, our relationship. I don't deepens. trust him or Billy Winland because they're both government stooges. That's mm. the only thing. Mm. He true. works for the DOD. And Speaking and, of Billy Wendling, go yeah. check out uh, the debate that I had, little mini, little casual, it's not even doesn't deserve to be called a debate, that we had together uh, with Matt and me. And uh, Billy shows up, and Chris is there. It's everybody but you, man. And then, uh, well, Chris is not in the debate thing, but then watch the video, if you haven't already, that we're talking about here that right. Chris did. And uh, go check out the uh, other members of the Trinity Commission, Leighton Flowers at Soteriology 101, Steve Gregg at The Narrow Path. By the way, Steve Gregg was talking about how great Trinity is on one of his recent uh, episodes. Woo-hoo. Um, well, I mean, I hope so. He well, in a reserved way. He talked about everything in a reserved way. But, um, and then, uh, did I leave anybody out? And the Bible broke down. So, we mentioned then, them first. Keep listening to more episodes of Trinity Radio. And, and hey, uh, if you're one of the 8,000 plus people who subscribe uh, to Soteriology 101, the YouTube channel. Every video that they that that Leighton posts, post a link saying, "Hey, why don't you check out other members of the Trinity Commission, like Good Trinity idea. Radio?" Good idea. Just spam Leighton stuff for us, because Leighton, I don't think uh, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He probably I, doesn't look. So <laughs> right, he's like me. He's like <laughs> whatever. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on Trinity Radio. If you would like more content. Click here and keep watching Bible studies. Click up here. And finally, we want you to subscribe. We need more subscribers, so click here.